Hey, good evening, church. Great. Oh, thank you. Uh, are you excited about the word? Great. Thank you for the four people. That's excited. Um, anyway, you're so welcome. And if it's your first time here, uh, fairly new to our evening service, we are also new to our evening service. And it's growing. Isn't it great? We started with 30, and there's about 70 in the room, and uh, God is just working, and, and we are super thankful as a team. Uh, speaking about a team, if, uh, if you want to serve in any capacity, maybe in the evening or at the morning service, I would just love to invite you into that space and become part of the tribe, uh, uh, become part of the band if you're um, musically talented or you, have, you can play an instrument or uh, guitar or whatever. Um, just come join Join us, speak to me afterwards, or to Sandy, uh, or to any of the great team members. And uh, um, I'm wondering if we can just give them a hand and just say thank you, because they put up this service every Sunday, being here two hours early, two and a half hours early, some of them, and just setting up. And so can we just thank them tonight and just <laughs> super thankful for your guys, for, for every one of you, and uh, thank you that we can have church and just worship God in this space. So we are in week two of the Holy Spirit series, and um, we're going to uh, just discuss the meaning of Pentecost, the meaning of Pentecost. So uh, for, for some of us, it, it can be a scary word because we are not sure what Pentecost even means. So uh, for some of us, is it Zalvin, do I need to wear a lot of makeup or no makeup at all? Am I going to cry or what's going to happen? In a, in, in a Pentecostal service, or uh, what is it about? And uh, every one of us has a different experience of who the Holy Spirit is. Everyone. I mean, everyone has a different upbringing in church. If, if, I, if I may ask, who, who, who was uh, raised Baptist? Hello? Just, just by a show of hands. Who, who was raised Catholic, maybe? Catholic? couple of Catholic people, who was raised, um, uh, oh, well, who was raised Pentecostal, both hands in there, both hands, both hands. Um, I mean, uh, Lutheran, Lutherans in the house, uh, Lutherans, um, so, so there's, uh, there's probably a lot more that, that I'm missing. Who was just a plain old sinner? Uh, hello? <laughs> You're probably the best. <laughs> I mean, we... We all have different, and, and some of you, in fact, go, uh, yeah, a little bit there, yes, a little bit there, yeah, I made a, and raised them for all of them. We, we come from different backgrounds, and we all have a different experience of who the Holy Spirit is. Uh, and some of us is, is maybe scared, are scared of, of the Holy Spirit just, just because of, of what we saw. I mean, there's, there's, and I said it last week, there's some thunderboltning and lightning, and then we get very, very frightening stuff. <laughs> there's, there's a lot of weird stuff. And, and this is just how we start for the next four weeks. You need to know this. The Holy Spirit is not weird. Okay? I'm going to say it in each week. It, the Holy Spirit is not weird. People are weird. They do weird stuff. And we're just going to get this pendulum back into the middle because you get the very reserved and it's only God the Father, God the Son, and the Holy Scriptures. They are just here. They don't do anything. And then we, we get the, the charismaniacs, charismatics. They, they just go jack it off. Uh, I mean, they, they swing it. They, they just have a fun time. 
don't they? And, and then there's some pushing over that happens, and there's, there's just a lot of stuff. And, and then we just need to portray the Holy Spirit for who He is. And, and what we said last week was, who is He? If we, if we look at the Greek and the Hebrew words, He's, he's wind, He's a breath of fresh air. Nothing scary about the Holy Spirit. He's, he's that wind in our sails. We need the Holy Spirit, church. We need the Holy Spirit. And we don't need to be scared of Him just because of the packaging, just because of the way that people presented the Holy Spirit to us. We don't need to be scared. So some of us, He's maybe scared, but you don't need to because He's a breath of fresh air. Uh, and still... There's people today that does not know the Holy Spirit. And it's not uncommon. It's not uncommon. In the book of Acts, when, when, they, when they received the Holy Spirit, only a couple of years later, 20 to 25 years later, there were, were people that said, we haven't even heard of it. So this is our key verse for, for the next four, four weeks. In Acts 19, verse 1 and 2, it says the following. While Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. There he found some disciples and asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They answered, no, we have not even heard there is a Holy Spirit. And we're just going to look at the four weeks about who the Holy Spirit is. Like we said last week, it's a breath of fresh air. We're going to have a look at the meaning of Pentecost tonight and what's the meaning for us and why we should not be scared of that in, in, in our setting here and, and why it's important for us. Next week, we're going to focus on the gifts of the Holy Spirit. He has some gifts for you. And then lastly, we're going to end off the series with being filled with the Holy Spirit. So I want to give a key verse also in Acts 2 verse 1. And it's Pentecost, the meaning of Pentecost. You see, Pentecost is a day, it's an event, it's also a festival that the Jewish people celebrates. And it says in Acts 2 verse 1, when the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And that day took place 50 days after the crucifixion of Jesus. So let me just give you context around Pentecost and what Jesus meant uh, and, and his role. And I also just want to go, so the first part is a bit teacher. I'm going to get preacher, okay? But the first part, all the Bible school scholars in the house, you're going to like the first part. You can take notes. And um, it's going to get teachy just to, so that we can understand the Jewish festivals, so that we can understand the meaning and the power of Pentecost and the meaning for us today. As well, But to give you context, Jesus lived for 33 years before he was crucified. He was raised three days later. And for 40 days, he was wandering the earth in his glorified body. He was on this earth before the day of ascension. Right? And 10 days after ascension, the day of Pentecost, the Lord sent his Holy Spirit. For us, he, he sent His Holy Spirit to us. And that Pentecost takes place 50 days after Easter. But Pentecost is also a Jewish holiday. And it's one of three, probably one of the three major Jewish holidays. So there's seven Jewish holidays, 
but there's three major holidays that they, that they celebrate even bigger, and, and it's probably more important to them. And we're going to just see that and how they celebrate it. And Jesus, Jesus is at a, at a place where he uses these festivals. He uses these festivals to come and explain to these people what he has come to do. Not just for them, but for us as well. And for Jewish people, by explaining it through the Jewish festivals, they would probably go, oh, yes, that makes sense. But for us, not celebrating Jewish festivals, we don't normally understand that process and why Jesus was telling us certain things. And before, if we don't understand the, the festivals, we're probably not going to get Pentecost at all and the reason for the Holy Spirit at all. So let me just explain for a moment to you the Jewish festivals because Jesus came to, to fulfill it. And he says in, in Matthew 5, 17, do not think that I've come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. So Jesus came to fulfill the law. And we know we're not under the Old Testament anymore, and we're not under those festivals anymore, and we don't celebrate them like they do, and we don't practice the Old Testament. But as Christians, we do embrace the Old Testament's principles. We don't practice the law, but we do embrace their principles. And within the three, holiday, uh, three holidays, Jesus actually reveals his plan for us as his people on this earth. So let's just start quickly with the first one, and that is Passover. That is Passover. And, and the main reason for Passover is the celebration of our salvation. It's, it, it means for us as his people, salvation. So how, how do you get that? See, they celebrated, the Jewish people celebrated Passover when, when they, they, there was a famine and the Israel people, the Hebrew people went into Egypt. They, they, they got stuck actually in Egypt and under, under the law of Pharaoh and Pharaoh kept them there as slaves. I mean, he used all those people to build all the nice stuff and, and, and the pyramids and everything else that's in Egypt at that time. They wanted to leave Egypt. They, 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 they got Moses as their leader to lead them out. Pharaoh, Pharaoh, Pharaoh didn't want them to leave. Obviously, he didn't want them because it's cheap labor. Australia would understand that. Labor doesn't come cheap. It doesn't. You, are, you either go full-time or hourly. And I've come to know hourly is the best one at the moment. Just saying. It doesn't come cheap. So Pharaoh knows. He needs to keep these people here. Moses wants to lead them out. Pharaoh doesn't want them to go. So God sends the ten plagues. And the tenth plague is that the eldest son is going to die when the plague comes. But God didn't want the Hebrew sons to die and the firstborns to die. So what did they have to do? They had to sacrifice a lamb and put the blood on, on, on the door skirting or whatever the English name is, but over it, 
And whenever the plague came, when the blood was over the door, it passed by, it passed over. So the Jewish people celebrated and they're still celebrating Passover. Why? Because they are celebrating what happened on that night when, when, when the plague came, they got passed over. They celebrate that. How did Jesus come to fulfill it? See, here's the thing about, about Passover and how they celebrate it. At 9 a.m., when Jewish people celebrate Passover, at 9 a.m., they have to sacrifice a lamb. At 3 p.m., in the Jewish culture, that lamb needs to go into the oven. That lamb needs to go into the oven. And the lamb sacrificed to cover their sins. They celebrated. See, Jesus was sacrificed at 9 a.m. He was crucified at 9 a.m. He died for us and was buried in the tomb at 3 p.m. And his sacrifice doesn't cover our sins. His sacrifice removes our sins. We can say amen to that. It removes our sins. And 1 Corinthians 5, 7 says, For Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed. This holiday is about my and your salvation. And it stands alone. You, you can't earn it, church. This holiday, we, we celebrate Easter, and, and we can't do anything about it just to celebrate it. We need to celebrate it. We can't earn our salvation. It's freely given to us. It's a gift. It's a grace gift from God. It's a gift that He gives to us freely. You can't work for it. As Christians... There is works involved at being a Christian. But for this, you can't work for it. It's a gift freely given to us and for us. There's works in other places. And for those works, you will be rewarded. Being up on stage, sacrificing time, serving God's church, serving children. It, it's not just living out your purpose in life. You're going to be rewarded in heaven by crowns. That's another teaching for another day. But regarding your salvation, you can't earn it and you can't work for it. That's why it's called grace. It's free. And God has given it to us. Ephesians 2 verse 8 and 9 says the following. For it's by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourself. It's the gift of God. Not by works so that no one can boast. So Passover means our salvation. It, it's the celebration of our salvation. Pentecost. What does Pentecost mean for us? It's power to change our world. It's power to make a difference. So here's the meaning of Pentecost. If, if, if it's such a scary word, let me give you the absolute meaning of the word Pentecost. So it's two words. It's penta and it's cost or costi in the, in, in the Greek. Penta meaning five. Cost meaning times ten. 
Do you know what's, what's so scary about this word? 50. Ooh, like Mufasa. Say it again. Pentecost. Run. It means 50. It's just the way that it's been portrayed for so long that we, we think suddenly it's going to be thunderbolts and lightning and, and we're going to run up and down and Zalvin is going to lose it and, and suddenly everybody's going to fall. Now, I do believe you can fall under the power of the Holy Spirit. I mean, God, nothing is impossible for God. But sometimes we as people went and that became the bell to attract people and not the message of Jesus Christ. He should always be our center, always be our message. God still heals today and we're going to see it and he still works today. But I can't grow a church on, on just on works church. Because then that becomes the bell of attraction and not who Jesus really is. We are here to worship Jesus Christ. And by that we receive His gifting of the Holy Spirit. And we receive power to experience the work that He wants to do in our lives. Pentecost means 50. Literally 50 days after Passover. 50 days days. And you might ask, but how, how does Jesus come and fulfill this? How, how is it even relevant to us? You see, in, in, in the Old Testament, they, they celebrated Pentecost. And it was on Pentecost that Moses received the Ten Commandments. It was on Pentecost. And, and God came down with a cloud, with noise and fire. It, it, it was loud. And God wrote his law on stone tablets. But they, at that day, there were people that, that didn't choose the law, and they choose to, 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 to worship the golden calf. And 3,000 people died that day. But when Jesus' disciples received the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came down also with a loud noise and fire. God came to write his law not on stones, but in our hearts. And how many people got saved on that day? 3,000 people didn't die, they were saved. Acts 1, 3 to 5 says, After his suffering, he presented himself uh, to them and gave uh, many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Why? Why did they need to wait for the Holy Spirit? And why did they need to be baptized by the Holy Spirit? We see it in Acts 1.8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witness in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the world. Church, we need the Holy Spirit to be successful. 
We need the Holy Spirit. It gives us power to make a difference. It gives us power to change our world. The third major festival uh, or feast that they, that they celebrate is the Feast of Tabernacles. The Feast of Tabernacles. Uh, and that is during their harvest, uh, harvest season. And it's, it's the meaning for, for the Feast of Tabernacles for us as a church. It's, it's a representation of the second coming of Christ. It's a representation. And they celebrated to remember when they were still lost in the desert and had, had, had nowhere to live. They, they lived in tents. They lived in little huts. So when, when they celebrate uh, uh, tabernacles, they, they go out for a week and they, they go camp out in their backyard to remind them, themselves that they were once lost and wandering around. And, and they wanted, uh, they wandered and lived in, in temporary huts. So, so the question is, how, how does Jesus fulfill this in, in our lives? See, they wandered and they lived in temporary huts. They were brought to their final home, which is Israel today the land of milk and honey for them. And they celebrate it at harvest time. See, for us, we live on this earth in temporary bodies. And it's a temporary life. And we will be taken to our everlasting home one day. We will be. And there will be a big final harvest of people. Tabernacles is the second coming of Christ. And I believe as a church, we live in the last days. In the last days. Zalman, how come you say so? According to the Barna study group, which is fascinating, by the way, it's probably one of the biggest Christian study on, on the Christian faith and churches and church life. In the last 20 years, say 2000 to 2021, more people has accepted Christ Jesus and started to follow Christ Jesus than the first 2,000 years. We are living in a time of a great harvest, church. We are living in a time of a great harvest. And 1 Thessalonians 4, 16 and 17 says, For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel with the trumpet's call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise, will rise first, meaning our family that has died, they, they will rise first. After that, he who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. I mean, what a time to live in. What a time to live in. And as a church, we're actually starting an internship. And the reason for that is because God's word is very clear. The harvest is plentiful, the workers are few. We need to train up more church planters and more leaders, church, because Australia will be saved. Hopefully it's not just me that believes that. And see, Easter, freely received. That's what Passover is, is about. It's our salvation. We can't work for it. 
Pentecost is, is, is about power, and we need power to make a difference and to change our world. And we are here on this earth, and our task is too big for ourselves. We need the power of, of the Holy Spirit and tabernacles so we can experience and see the great harvest. But Zalman, what does Pentecost and the meaning of Pentecost cost is for my life here now? I want to give you three things, and I won't be long. About an hour. You see, the Holy Spirit is a breath of fresh air. We need Him. He's the wind in our sails. We need Him. But we also need His power because the Holy Spirit empowers us for our call on this life. He empowers us. And firstly, the Holy Spirit empowers me and you to live righteously. To live righteously. Pentecost was about giving the law and here's the thing, especially in the Old Testament, some people still today, they, they try just to, 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 to live right, and they try to, to command everything, and they, they try not, not to look when, when some beautiful girl looks pa- walks past them. No, I'm not going to look because the Bible says so. And, 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 and we, we, we try to live it out, and it doesn't work for us. And, and then we go, oh, it doesn't work for me. Why doesn't it work for me? Because you need the power of the Holy Spirit to live righteously. Because suddenly, it's not just a law written on paper or a piece of, of stones suddenly the the law becomes who I am and I become what the law says I need to become. Suddenly my thoughts starts to change and my desires start to change. And I go, I want to live righteously. I want to do the right thing. I want to be here. I just don't, I don't want to go to church because the Bible says I need to go to church. I want to go to church. Because there's an inner conviction. It's the Holy Spirit that, that empowers me to live righteously. Your desire starts to change. Romans 8, 9 says, You, however, are controlled not by the sinful nature, but by the Spirit. If the Spirit of, of God lives in you. We need the Holy Spirit to live righteously. To live out the life that, that God intended us for us to live. Even Jesus himself said he, he would lead us. I mean, Jesus said that, that, that he will lead us, that the Holy Spirit will lead us. Isaiah 30, 21 says, Whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear, uh, uh, ears will hear a voice behind you saying, This is the way, walk in it. What does the Holy Spirit mean for us and what does Pentecost mean for us? It empowers us to live righteously. It's that, it's that still small voice, don't do it. Don't go there. Don't take that pathway. Don't do that deal. Don't, don't, don't sign that contract. Read it again. And I just want to say to you, maybe, maybe you, you went left when you were supposed to go right. And maybe you go, oh, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm so bad and I've done the wrong thing. I just want to come and, and set you free from that mindset. Church, God can still use your left to get you right. He can. But you need 
the power of the Holy Spirit. It's for you to empower you. Secondly, the Holy Spirit empowers me and you to live supernaturally. Supernaturally. And if you want to live in the natural, help yourself. Go for it. But I can't. And we're not supposed to. God has so much more for us in this earth. He has so much more for us to experience. He has so much more for us. Jesus lived a supernatural life. And the problem is no one argues about it. Yes, that's true. He did heal people. He, he did set people free. Blind could see after encounter with Jesus. We don't argue that. He lived a supernatural life. But as soon as we want to apply it to our own life, it's, no, it's not for me. I don't think God wants it for me. He wants it for you because Jesus, even Jesus himself said, you will do greater things than I have ever done. That, was, that is what he has for us. Imagine we, we, we just walk in, 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 in this life that he has for us in store and, and we go into our office space, into the workspace to, tomorrow and, and, and our shadow falls on someone that is sick and they got healed. Hey church, what a lovely day would it be? It will be a great day. But that's what he wants for us because the Holy Spirit empowers me to live supernaturally. And, and here's the thing. It's not, this is not what it's, it's not to, to brag about it, church. That's not what it is for. To live a supernatural life is not, not that, that, that Kim and the other girl, look at me, look at me, look at me. <laughs> Kim and, who's the other girl? Cat. Kim and Cat. I mean, it's not, it's not, oh, I have arrived. I have the Holy Spirit. What do you have? <laughs> it's not, that's, it's not why the Holy Spirit wants to empower us. It's not to have that mindset, I have something that you don't have. Acts 10, 38 says, And you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Then Jesus went around, hear it, doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Why do we have the Holy Spirit? To live supernaturally. Why? To do good, church. To heal. To, to uplift our community. To make a difference. He needed power to help him. 1 Corinthians 2 verse 4 and 5 says, My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith might not rest on men's wisdom, but on God's power. Hey, church, may my sermon never be, hey, come, 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 come and look how great our church is. That can't be our spirit. 
I can't preach and, hey, come, come, look how great we are and come what we are, come and just see and experience what we have done. It can never be our mindset when it comes to the work of the Holy Spirit. Our, our, our mindset and our words should always be, come and see how great our God is. May we always point to the good God He is. It's not about us, church. It's not about us. And there is power available. There is power available. And we can easily play church. But can we start trusting God to live supernaturally? Can we start trusting Him that people who need healing come into this place and they experience Him in such a tangible way that they walk this place out healed in Jesus' name? Can it be that broken marriages walk into those doors and they experience the power of God and, and working through us that, they, that, that there's a supernatural love in that marriage again that they experience the way, they, where it once was broken, it's healed and there's overflowing love. It's the power of the Holy Spirit that empowers us to live supernaturally. And it does not have to be weird. It does not have to be people flying around, whacking them over the head with jackets. And we don't have to be weird. It's people are just crazy. Can we be authentic that the person you see here is the person you're going to meet in the cafe? A sinner, me and you, we are all sinners. Not purposefully, trying, failing. A lot of times. But still authentic. God, just come and use us. Come and use us as a church. And lastly, as the keys come up to play, the Holy Spirit empowers us to live on mission. Because we have a mission, church. You have a mission, I have a mission, and the Holy Spirit gives us the strength to live it out, to live it out. This church has a mission, it's filling hearts, fueling mission. It's getting people saved, getting them to know God, getting them full, not that they keep it for themselves, so that they go on mission, so that we reach out to our schools, so that we send books to Papua New Guinea, so that we live on mission. And you have a mission because God has a purpose for you, everyone. You might say, no, I'm not in my life. Yes, in your life. And he wants to empower you to, to live out that mission, not to keep it for yourself, not to brag about uh, how good we are. We are church on mission. And the only way we're going to live out our mission is when the Holy Spirit comes and empowers us. And I do have a pet peeve. I do have th that what I explained. It's, it's when, when we get filled with the Holy Spirit, and it's my prayer. If, if you haven't been filled with the Holy Spirit yet, last Sunday of this month, we're going to trust God for that. We're going to trust Him, absolutely. But we can't go then and say, hey, I've got it. Look how good I am. 
You don't have water. I have a pet peeve because there's people walking around. I've been long enough in church. And I visit thousands of churches. I've trained a lot of pastors in planting churches. I've seen it. They, they, there's people that, 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 that's getting, they are so full of themselves because they have received the Holy Spirit. It's I have something you don't have. I am better than you. You need me in your church so that God can work. And I'm like, I don't. Because here's the church being filled. Can I end with this statement? Being filled with the Holy Spirit does not make me better than you. It makes me better than me. Does not make me. Church, I've seen many healings. Many. And the greatest ones was those who never boasted about it. You never went, I've got the gift of healing. Come to me. And it was just people in the church walking, be healed in Jesus' name. Healing took place. They, did, they don't even know who touched them or who, or who prayed for them. But God supernaturally. And we need the Holy Spirit. And I need the Holy Spirit daily in my life. Not to be better than you. Still a sinner. Your pastor, still a sinner. And so are you. It's true. Not on purpose. Sometimes there's people cutting me off. Beep, beep, beep. Why did you do that? Just to get at the red light. Together. And then the Holy Spirit... What's up? What's up in your heart? What's wrong? Why did you snap like that? Why did? And then the Holy Spirit comes to work. Makes me a stronger person. I just now, at this time, whenever they cut me off, I just, I have found it a new word for them. They are the best opportunistic people there are. Take the gap. It's yours. I was terrible on the road. Road rage, terrible. I grew up as a racing driver. I want to be there first. Don't cut me off. But I needed the Holy Spirit in that part of my life. And God just challenged me in many ways. Someday you're going to pastor them. What then? They're going to see you in the rear mirror. Oh, it's the pastor flipping me off. God came to work. May we be a church. We're going to grow, church. It's God's will for every church in this country to grow. He added daily and he never stopped. It's his will. But when we grow, and when this place is full and we plant more churches, may we never go, look at us. Holy Spirit is not to make us better than them. To make us a better version of ourselves. We need the Holy Spirit. And I want to invite you into the next two weeks. Don't miss it. We're going to trust God. We're going to learn about the gifts. And we're going to trust God to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Let's pray.
Lord, thank you for your goodness. Thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit to come and empower us to live righteously, to come empower us to live supernaturally, to come empower us to live on mission, to make a difference. And Lord, I pray that you come and empower this church and us as a church to go out and make a difference, touch lives, transform our community. Come fill our hearts, Lord, and feel the mission within us because all of us, Lord, we are on a mission. Thank you for the Holy Spirit that helps us to make a difference. May we never boast in ourselves, Lord, but may we always point people to the great God that you are. You're such a good, good Father. Lord, I just want to pray for everyone here that you will touch their lives. Maybe they are just closed for the Holy Spirit because of how people portrayed the Holy Spirit. Come and work in their lives. Come and prepare the ground, Lord. May they just receive you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I'm going to hand over to